Hello, I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and welcome to the In Conversation With series, a series where I speak to notable figures in the realm of financial services. Listen as they share their personal journeys, thoughts on the industry, and advice for aspiring advisors. I'm Lois Vallely, Chief Reporter for Money Marketing, and on this episode, I'm joined by Simon Ganesson, who is founder of Wise Monkey Financial Coaching. Hi, Simon. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Lois. Really good to be here. Um, so maybe you could start off just by introducing yourself, saying a bit about yourself and how you got into financial services and also why you launched Wise Monkey in the first place. Sure. Yeah. So I uh, I fell into financial services like I think the majority of people, although hopefully that's changing nowadays, but um, I was working as I, I left college and, and started training to be an actuary and I was working for a, for a pension consultancy and uh, I soon realized that uh, that wasn't the the role for me and I wanted kind of more client contact, et cetera. So I, uh, I sidestepped within that organization to their financial services team. And I loved it. I um, I love learning about financial products and financial planning. Uh, and we work with with a fairly wide range of, of clients. And I was a salaried employee, so it was a it was the nice end of uh, financial services back in those days. That was like 1989, uh, where it wasn't about commissions in any way. Uh, and then I worked for for a team of women only financial advisors specialising in advising women. Uh, and it was one of a kind back in the day. Uh, that was in 1996, so you know, 27 years or so ago, uh, and it was women-only advisors specialising uh, in advising women. Um, and then I, whilst that role was was really suited me very well in terms of uh, working with different types of people uh, and and predominantly women and and being able to support them in a slightly different way. Like I always had a box of tissues on my table, and I always found that. There were stories shared with me that um, were perhaps hadn't been shared with anyone else in their life. You know, uh, I, I recognised that it was financial services back then was really, even today, it was really predominantly geared towards people who already had wealth. And uh, I was interested also in helping people work through their own relationship to money and their uh, and, and for it not to be about products, I, I recognised that at the time I was doing a lot of personal development, and I had uh, I, I could see that there was a need for that kind of putting together those two passions, my personal development side of me and and the personal finance, and bringing those together and helping people gain a better relationship to money and uh, work through habits and behaviors and and even money management that no one sits down and and talks you through. So I recognized there was something not being met by in the financial services world and I went out to look for that who else is out there doing that kind of work where I could work for them in a different kind of capacity and it didn't exist. There was nothing like that of its of its type. So that's where Wise Monkey was born that I recognized uh that that a there there wasn't really anything centered on helping people build their financial strength and resilience and um and and work on that side of their lives so helping them navigate their personal finances um 
And also I became interested in why we don't do what we know we need to do. Like, how can I help people change their behavior? How can how how can I help them change the, the habits, their mindset around money? So that's where bringing together um, coaching with finance made sense to me. And um, and I, I'm recognizing that it took a long time for that to uh, resonate with with many people in financial services and that's finally kind of hitting home in the last couple of years mm, yeah no definitely it's a really interesting one um i was talking to my colleagues the other day about whether well i yeah i said it before we started this recording whether um advice should be a is a privilege or should actually be more of a right and i think it's interesting because when you say advice obviously it can mean different things that you're not gonna have full fat advice as they say if you if you don't have enough money to be able to get that but but at the same time lots of people with less money do need some sort of as you just said some sort of financial guidance or coaching um i wondered if we could have a bit of a chat about the differences between coaching and advice but also how they can sort of work together yeah so there's um there, there are different definitions of financial coaching the way i would define it is um uh, I generally would draw up a Venn diagram where we've got three circles. So we've got kind of three capacities, three hats that we wear. One is around the guidance side of things where there are some general financial principles uh, like, you know, even financial services compensation scheme. If you have so much money in the bank, you're not protected or writing a will. What happens if you haven't got a will and you die intestate? There are, there are some general principles ISAs, pensions, how do they work? What are the differences? What about lifetime ISAs? There are some guidance kind of principles and also money management. Like in the financial services world, no one really talks to their clients about how they manage their money. Talk me through how you manage your money, the different accounts you have, how they, they operate. That's the type of thing we can do within a, a coaching modality uh, that, that's more on that kind of spectrum. And then we've got the, the mentoring side where you're uh, you are a, a, um, more of an expert. You can bring in your expertise in in helping facilitate somebody on their financial journey. And that might be drawing up a spreadsheet. That might be cash flow forecasting. That might be the kind of planning piece, helping somebody think about what they need to do in order to reach their goals, not from an advisory perspective in terms of products, but principles. So the strategic side of it. Uh, tax planning, all those kind of things. And then you've got the pure coaching side of it. And that's where your client is the expert rather than you. So you're drawing out of them through listening skills, uh, powerful questions, insightful questions that help them think through, understand their thoughts, understand their thinking, work through their assumptions, work through uh, perhaps reframing some of the way they they think about things. That's where you can get into the deep habit change and, and make a profound impact. That's where you can help somebody unravel kind of the beliefs that they have that are really unconscious and very deeply buried that can come to the surface. And you can help them reframe their thinking and take action that's very different to what they were doing before. And that's where transformation happens. So it's the mixture of those different aspects of the role that I think makes financial coaching quite unique, that you can uh, you can incorporate what's needed for that particular client. Um, so that's very different from advice in that you're 
there there is certainly no recommendations of of products, no recommendations of who to buy those products from. It, it it's um it's really about the education and empowerment side of things and helping people take take better control and responsibility for themselves. Um, and then, you know, potentially they might it might be a stepping stone into the world of financial advice. So it might be that somebody has come into inherited wealth and they've never had to deal with this kind of thing before. They've had a mortgage and they've taken out a pension through their employer, but they haven't had any advice outside of that. And now they might have a sizable sum of money and knowing how to, to, to deal with that and who to trust and who to turn to. That's where we can also help educate them so that when they they go to to seek financial advice, they can go informed with questions, they understand more about what they're looking for. Mm. Uh, and that's the other aspect also, drawing out those deep, profound goals, um, really helping people understand what financial success means to them, not anybody else, not driven by the narrative of their parents or the narrative of their friends and family, but for them, what is what does success mean to you? Yeah, no, it's really interesting. It's very sort of close to therapy or business coaching or something like that, or lifestyle coaching, I mean. Yeah, and it's, it's so I find clients, journalists sometimes call it um, therapy because it is therapeutic. Of course, we're not, you know, we are delving a little bit into the past, but it is more about how that informs today and our future. But of course, it does have, when you're doing that, you're helping people think uh, about their own relationship to money and what's mm. getting in the way and what they learned about money as they were growing up and their belief systems. And of course, that will feel quite therapeutic potentially to to the client. So yeah, it's this kind of hybrid role and it's beautiful and fascinating because it's everyone is different and it's never it never feels like the same. I, I've been working with clients myself now for 21 years and I I, I still absolutely love this work. Mm, yeah, no, it's really great. Um, I actually wrote a weekend essay recently about me and the fact that I'm in debt. It was my admission um, and how I've, so I was having a chat with my mum the other day about something completely unrelated and she suddenly said, um, oh, do you think I should get you some sort of financial advice or guidance? And I was like, well, one, my job is writing about financial <laughs> advice, so I probably, I probably already know enough about it, and I also know why I'm in debt and how I'm going to get out of it. But then I thought, actually, it's not really that helpful to think like that because it's like saying, oh, I don't need therapy because I know exactly why I feel the way I do. But actually, the process of talking something through and and sort of getting someone else's perspective and and yeah, even talking it through can sort of help you arrive at a certain destination that you might not have got to on your own so yeah it's definitely a really interesting yeah and we don't always do we don't do that work on our own do we so we know what we need to do but we don't necessarily work through what's getting in the way uh we don't we don't we may uncover it a bit perhaps but we don't always necessarily unravel it and uh and and come out the other side with a, a shift in the way that we think and feel because that's what needs to happen sometimes is that we need to have that that trans internal transformation um and it's also the accountability there's something very powerful about saying right i'm working with you once a month uh, this is what i said i'm going to do and then you know somebody is going to ask you questions about that so you're more likely to take action of course we don't want to 
hold um, that relationship in a way that they're reliant on that accountability. We, we want to reach, get clients to a point where they can um, be accountable to themselves. But sometimes it's it's useful to have that that input at the beginning. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Um, you were saying, you know, when you were introducing yourself about working for an all-female financial advice company. Um, so I just wondered from your perspective, you know, I know that it's better than it used to be in terms of more female advisors, more advisors from diverse backgrounds, but I don't think we're there yet. And I just, yeah, wondered what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I agree. I I think currently it's something like 16% of uh, advisors are women. Um, and that's a real surprise. I, I'm not really sure exactly why that is. I, I don't know about the diversity generally. I, I appreciate it's absolutely very white male dominated and also um, probably older male, like 50s plus. Uh, hopefully that's changing over time. Um, but yeah, that, that's still the case, really. But it, this this is an industry that suits... Going back to kind of female advisors, I, I think it's an industry that suits women very well in that particularly the the role as a, an advisor, we're now understanding it's it's a lot more than, you know, of course, it's a lot more than just products. And it's around uh, the relationships that we build with our clients and uh, people are appreciating the, the, the depth and breadth of coaching and how that can uh, that can help kind of create changes for, for clients and but also help them really uh, identify what's important and work through goals and um the those kind of skills are very the listening the questioning that those skills are very inherent in women generally uh so and also the the type of flexibility of if you work for yourself as a an advisor or for for some of the organizations where there's there's opportunities kind of for flexible working that that can work very well uh but yeah i mean it's very uh it it still is very white male uh middle-aged kind of dominated mm. sadly yeah and i think because um i've heard um quite a lot since i've been working at money marketing that you know women are going to be the ones who are inheriting a large proportion of the wealth as well so i mean i'm not saying women have to be advised by women obviously but um it would make sense if there's going to be more female clients that there should be more female advisors as well. I would have thought. I, it was also the the, the recognition that um, the industry is quite male dominated that drove uh, myself and um, Karen Pine, Professor Karen Pine, who's a professor of psychology, to write a book for women about money, uh, recognizing that most of the books about money were written by men for men in that kind of language and. Mm. Uh, we wanted to kind of make it full of stories and to talk about the emotional relationship that we have to money as well as the practical solutions. Uh, and so we centered a lot in the seven laws of economics. We we centered we we began by kind of talking about the emotions and the beliefs that we form around money before we then start getting into practical solutions around money management and debt management and building wealth. Uh, but yeah, it, it's that kind of recognition that. Um, that we women might need something else. So the the more women in the in industry would really support the the women that are coming into uh, more more money now. Yeah, no, definitely, totally agree. Um, so we've already 
talked some of, a little bit about some of the changes that you've seen in the industry since you joined, but I wondered um, what are some of the other sort of big changes you've seen in, in financial services, but also in the financial advice profession um, specifically since you joined? Yeah, so I love I love the fact that uh, financial many financial advisory companies are embracing financial coaching and recognizing that it's so much more about the relationship and the client than about products, um, and that's really kind of changing things. Um, and and also the introduction of of uh, organizations like the Institute of Financial Wellbeing, which is really bringing together financial advisors and financial coaches and, and bringing that conversation together to help them support each other and perhaps um, be able to work with each other's clients in some way, some capacity but um but but recognizing that it's it's not about money it's about helping clients become happier rather than wealthier uh, so the recognition that it's way more than just money and there's more and more more of that coming uh, the we we're now seeing a lot of financial well-being offerings to employees which is great uh, employers recognizing that financial well-being is just as important as other aspects of well-being in their life so that i'm really enjoying seeing that um coming forward more and more and and recognizing that there's there's more support that we can offer people that is not just about products um and so that's where that the the guidance and support can help but also the uh the helping people un, un, understand their relationship to money and what's getting in the way and how they can overcome that um yeah, no, definitely. I um, I really like writing and, and reading about financial well-being. I think it's a really interesting area that I hadn't really considered before I joined Money Marketing really as a, a thing, especially something that would be relevant for the financial advice community. So I think that's a really positive development as well. Um, Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and finally, I did just have one more question. Um, sort of in the financial advice profession or in the financial advice space, is there anything that you'd like to see more focus on from advisors and I suppose coaches and anyone else working in the profession? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in terms of financial services, uh, the the or, or the study and qualification is focused on the the, the facts and information and knowledge, uh, but less so on the soft skills. Uh, and I think that's what I'd like to see changing is that there's there, there's a concentration on helping people develop the skills, the communication skills, the uh, the understanding about how uh, you know deep, profound kind of listening skills that would. Um, give people the capacity and space to to think through their thoughts and and think about their goals and and work out what's getting in the way of of behavior change so it's it's that side of it that i think would need a bit more concentration mm, yeah no definitely um um, and just finally, then, I just wondered, uh, within the financial advice profession, if there's anything that you think is missing or that financial advisors and anyone else working in the profession should be focusing more on? Yeah, I, I think this is starting to to change people's awareness of the, the importance of the soft skill, the, the soft skills when it comes to uh, the, the financial advice piece, that it's learning how to hold silence learning how to pause le learning 
the the listening and questioning skills that really get underneath the surface of what's what's going on for the client so that you're you're recognizing and noticing when somebody has a sense that there's never enough there will never be enough that you notice that language and you, you can help and help them challenge their assumptions and challenge their thinking so i think it's the 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 soft skills that that need more uh development because we're where um, all the concentration is on the knowledge and information uh, and understanding and the depth of that to be able to work with clients. Uh, uh, but the but the soft skills is is the key area of importance, I think, that, that radically needs to change. Mm, yeah, no, definitely. From what I've seen, I totally agree. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Simon. It's been really great to talk to you. Um, yeah, thanks for being on our podcast my pleasure lovely to be here thank you thank you for listening to in conversation with we do hope that you enjoyed it please do keep up to date with all our new releases via podbean apple Podcasts, spotify and everywhere else you get your podcasts from you can also keep up to date with all our new content published on the money marketing website as well as our print edition money marketing magazine so make sure to subscribe Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next time.